In this part of Organic Matters, I'm going to discuss something that I've come up with on my show over the years, and now and then, but, but it's a kind of a, it's not new technology, as a matter of fact, it's ancient technology, is the next logical step for food transition, fermentation. Fermentation, folks, can actually help solve the protein problem, especially for those of you that are not necessarily beef or meat eaters. Uh, protein can come from a number of sources. Some of the best are which happen to be fermented foods. It's my thoughts that fermentation is likely to be a key technology supporting the transition towards higher consumption of what we call alternative proteins with protein conversion efficiency driving the impact. Fermentation's very good at it. So for a little background, fermentation has been used for centuries to make food and to some degree drinks. With traditional fermentation used in products, everything that you can name more than you can imagine, bread, beer, coffee, chocolate, sourdough bread, fermentations in your life everywhere, most people don't even think about it. I've met a good number of people that don't even realize that coffee is fermented, that, that technically, and chocolate. But the next generation of fermented ingredients, probably produced like by biomass fermentation, are emerging as a technology platform that can help feed the world's growing demand for alternative protein to the animal proteins that we're now eating, which is kind of uh, ecologically heavy. I happen to be a meat eater, I'm not gonna deny that, but I do realize that the way we grow our animal proteins is certainly not that efficient and certainly not really, really good for our environment. In a nutshell, Fermentation offers the opportunity to fundamentally change how food is produced, unlocking the potential to improve human, and in this case, planetary health for us all. As we approach over 8 billion people, folks, and we're going to get there, maybe fortunately or unfortunately, we need to rethink our resource efficiency. To me, the test of efficiency of sustainability is that combination of, first, the fundamentals of resource in and resource out, and secondly, how that converts to cost, labor, and the capital it takes to do it. How about this for a little food for thought in the, in the forms of efficiency? A cow is 10 to 1. A chicken's about 3 to 1. Fermentation in its basic form is almost 1 to 1. And, and this is kind of where it gets super exciting. We use a kilogram of feedstock and make more than a kilogram of wet protein. That's where fermentation wins and where impact at scale really, really does come in on its own. Precise fermentation is using fermentation as a means to produce a given compound or, or a given product. Let's talk in this case to milk proteins. What we want to do is work with microorganisms, yeast, bacteria, fungal systems that can convert the nutrients that we feed them into targeted, useful proteins that we want. It's really a very targeted way of converting nutrients into something that is very functional and similar 
or identical to the proteins that you would find in milk, for instance. For instance, the dairy sector has a considerable impact on climate change due to the greenhouse gases such as methane, nitrous oxide, and even carbon dioxide that are emitted during production through a cow. Dairy farms also use considerable land and, of course, water resources, with two-thirds of the world's agricultural land used to maintain crops that a good majority of which feed the cows. Feed production in some places contributes to the conversion of land to agricultural cultivation on a huge, huge level. So now, what we actually do is feed the cows. They convert the nutrients into things that we, we say we want, milk protein, for instance. But what if instead of using a cow, which is a pretty big organism that's very intensive to sustain, we should use microorganisms that are a heck of a lot easier to deal with. They don't use near as much feed. They have a better nutrient conversion efficiency. When we speak about cows and dairy, they roughly have a protein conversion of about four to much as, in lucky, if you're lucky, 10%. Whereas microorganisms' conversion rate can run between 60 and 80%. The microorganisms are certainly a superior technology for protein conversion in comparison to cows, just as a for instance. So this is kind of food for thought. Fermentation can be a great tool in that because you can use a lot of different feedstocks, okay? Instead of just using real general crop feedstocks we're used to, which indirectly comes become sugar one way or the other, in the case of microorganisms, you can use agricultural residues, forest residues, ocean residues. They can all be used as a raw material to feed these microorganisms to make them grow and produce the protein that we're looking for. Right now, as they're moving to make alternate proteins, what we look at is plant-based market itself. Most solutions right now are going in the direction of processing products. In other words, if you want to mimic something else with plant-based ingredients, what they do, they take a heck of a lot of processing, you take everything apart, and then you combine it back together to create something that's supposed to be something like an animal-based product which eh, it's really great and there, there's some market demand for it, but what we really should be aiming for is an alternative protein that is grown and not produced. And, and for instance, we might want to use a fungus in its natural state to ferment it. The, the, this approach delivers an ingredient Incidentally, that includes fiber, which we're all looking for, and when done properly, will have some really the other taste called umami that, that will be available to the consumer. So what we're kind of aiming for is, a, is a, a product that's natural and that it has protein and fiber together in one product that is, again, naturally fermented and naturally made without so much produced input from us. So if this is gonna be successful, the functionality has to come back to this. The cost, lower cost for sure than an animal protein would be. Taste, at least as good as the animal you're used to. And convenience, which means in most cases, grown locally, I don't care where you are, in any region of the world, 
to address what's going to be an upcoming food security. And the big thing is it has to be sustainable. There's no doubt that if you look, the consumer demand for great tasting alternate protein products is there. The natural impotent we've got is if we don't make it taste as good as and cost less than what they're currently putting their money out for, then you're just naturally building barriers in the way of the possibilities of what these fermentation processes can actually produce. Well, I'm really trying to hone in on the idea in my brain here that, that, that what we need to do is a technology that produces a protein that is reasonable in cost, but the secret is, the bottom line is, it does it deliver a great tasting food? We are very, very, way more taste-oriented than any other animal, that at least I've been close enough to know. Taste is not everything, but taste is way, way up the list. I guess in some ways I'm beating the technology to death. I don't mean to do that. Because in the end, when and if we can produce good, healthy protein that, that's at a reasonable, preferably lower cost, or it has to be a lower cost, than what they're paying right now for the protein they appreciate, the bottom of the line is, folks, it has to be acceptable. It has to taste good, at, and it has to give the consumer what he thinks is a value for the buck he spends. Even right now, the COVID thing we're going through has made our consumer more aware of what's called tension in the food system. Remember when there were shelves were bare and happening again to some degree. They are ready for new ingredients if we can bring them new products that kind of look like the ones that exist, but with maybe even additional functionalities. Okay, I personally am kind of bullish on making proteins that way, but they also have to bring into the equation for me health benefits. I think consumers are ready for going to the next level but the bottom line is it's got to be something that is palatable and tastes good in addition, hopefully, to being healthful to them. You do have to realize more and more people do have a, a health consciousness that really just didn't exist that I can remember just a decade ago. Even people that don't consider themselves health nuts, which I consider myself as one, are more and more aware of what they eat and what they put in their body and what is the health benefits of whatever that product might be. And actually what brought this whole diatribe I'm doing on is this. I have tried some of the new plant-based proteins and the new approach non-meat. I happen to like meat. But so far, as far as I think, the real manufacturers don't understand today that because these products are there, they've just not really hit the mark that the consumer is looking for yet. The end of the day, people don't care how it's made. They care what it tastes like and what it's possibly what the health goods are to them and to their children. What we need to make them understand in my little 
brain as I think about this is fermentation is a natural process that produces natural proteins that are good for you, less expensive. And the next step is to make them taste good and attractive to the average consumer in the marketplace, which is the next logical step of this food transition that at some point we're going to have to make just to feed the, the world, as a matter of fact. What we're looking for is the perfectly sweet spot between functionality, saleability, sustainability, affordability, and hopefully healthy, which we haven't shot for that target very much lately. When we compare different approaches to solve the food challenge, folks, fermentation, whether you do it at your house, that's what brought this whole diatribe on, or you go to buy it, which is the market is learning to go that direction, it is right now probably the best opportunity we have for reasonable, nutritious, and safe food, for lack of a better word, for the future. And as usual, thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters. <laughs>